SuperValue Online Shopping delivers convenience. And now, with 15 euro off your first online shop over 75 euro, we deliver value too. Shop from anywhere on any device and have it delivered at a time that suits you. Shop online now at supervalue.ie. All things considered, it's SuperValue. And now for your nice ladies and gentlemen out there who don't understand the Italian language, I'd like to do two choruses in British. Why don't you get yourself a nice girl? Get I get yourself. a nice one almost every night, ma. Yeah, but get yourself a girl so you could settle down. That's what I, I mean. settle down almost every night, but then in the morning I'm free. Okay, man, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Now, come on, now, crank this motherfucker up. It's starting to get hot in her. Hot in here. It's getting hot in the Delaware Valley. It's getting hot in moonshine. It stays hot in moonshine because of the dumpster fire we're going to light in about two seconds here. Welcome to, to moonshine, Philly. Welcome to Funkin' Fantasy. Every Tuesday night here at 1825 East Moy Menson Avenue. I'm your host, Luigi Curto. Alongside of me, I got the Greg Dobbs of podcasting, Joe Rafino. He's pinch hitting tonight for Joe Corrado, who's stuck somewhere in New Jersey. I could care less. He could be laying dead in a ditch somewhere at this point. Guy calls me two hours before the show starts. They're like, ah, I can't make it tonight because blah, 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 blah. I'm sick and tired. I don't want to hear it. On a night, on a, and this is the worst part, is that the night that, uh, that Doug McGregor shows up. Doug McGregor shows up, and uh, he always says, every time I come here, Joe's never here. Huh. Which is, a sh- I feel bad for the guy because he's coming here to see Corrado, but not me. I feel bad for him because he's got to look at me now. That's nah, all right. You're not too bad to look at, Joe. You can <laughs> shave every once in a while, maybe clean yourself up. Here come the drinks that you were complaining oh, about there earlier. We go. Cool. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, we just got, we got breaking news. I got breaking news. Where the hell is my breaking news sounder? This is what happens every single time I have to do the show by myself, get everything ready. Tony Bruno's coming to the show tonight. Yeah, he's got to do his hit on, on Damon Bruce, but then he's hopping on the scooter, and he's going to matriculate his way down South Philadelphia he's still able to through Passyunk Avenue and through all the, the potholes that, that are littered in this town. What is this? You know what? Jordan, the, uh, the, the lovely uh, server here at Moonshine, because Kurt's not here tonight. Who cares where he is? Uh, I, asked for, I asked for everyone else got something to drink. Everyone else is completely... Just filled up, and they're good. No, I don't want any your drink. I want my own drink. Everyone is, is properly hydrated. There's water for the table. Joe, nobody cares about you, Joe. But there's water for the table. People <laughs> at their feet up there relaxing. I'm the host of the show. I'm parched. I need the drink because I need to keep talking. Some people wish I'd shut up every once in a while. But still, I have nothing to drink. <laughs> Bullshit. But anyway, so we're here. It's Funkin' Fantasy. We got a lot going on tonight, and I got a very interesting topic. You got a booklet okay. of stuff right there. I have a plethora of yeah. stuff, Joe. Do you know what a plethora is, yes. Joe? Yes. Um, first, let me get this. Okay, I watch so three amigos. So this week, in about 15 minutes, we're gonna have the entry, the Moonshine Philly official entry to Burger Brawl 2018 at Xfinity Live this year. Okay, now Burger Brawl, as you can say, it's basically a play on words. It's a brawl between burgers, right? It's all these people that are coming in. It's all the best burgers in Philadelphia, all in one place for sampling. All the, all the proceeds go to charity. Go to BurgerBrawl.com uh, to check out for, for prices, and you can check out all the information for them. But it's Sunday from 1 to 5 at Xfinity Live, which is a, a local establishment here in Philadelphia that likes to rape people 
for cover charges and alcohol, <laughs> but we won't get into that right now. Um, but, it's- but we're going to be trying the burger here, Joe. People are going to be salivating at the mouth, and they're going to be offering this burger for the week leading up to it. Uh, I'm sorry, the week after uh, Burger Brawl 2018, which is Sunday, for people to try, come in and sample. I had a little taste of it earlier. It was yeah. phenomenal. But now we're going to get the real deal version tonight, right, Joe. The good. real deal version tonight. All right. Sounds good. Uh, also, here comes your drink. Thank you about the phone number, 619-924-9874. 619-924-9874. I asked for a pint, and I get a glass of, I get a bottle of Miller Lite. <sighs> this is fine. Thank you, George. Thank you. I'm just, I'm, I got to play the role. I got to be the heel right now. What do you want me to do? Everyone's looking at me like I'm the bad guy. Or a diva. It's all right. I am a diva. I am pissed off. No, I'm just thirsty, Harry. Anyway, 619-924-9874, 619-924-974. Jack in the back is at home. He's call screen tonight, so I want you to call him. Make sure we're talking. I want heavy phones. I got, a, I got a very topical discussion to get into, all right? So yesterday was Memorial Day, yes. which was a day that we actually spent mem- you know, remembering things that are worth remembering, okay? People that have fallen for this country, all right? It's a very, very special holiday. So while people are worried about posting pics of their barbecues and their dogs, chihuahuas are ugly for the record, um, and all these other things... I have to do nothing with this country. Uh, something very important happened, and that's where we're supposed to be remembering the people that died for this country for our right to be able to post these pictures and have these barbecues and for us to sit here and do this podcast tonight. So, so to them, you know, we really appreciate you. But it also got me thinking that I want to do the following. And it's amazing how no one in radio ever thought about this because it's, four, six, it's a, it's a four-hour show with heavy phones the entire time, but yet I don't do this nine to five. So what I want to do is I want to do... I'm going to throw out my top 10 most memorable moments in sports history, okay? And this is on a national stage and a world stage, by that means. Okay, now these are the 10 that just came to my head, all right? Now, this list is completely subjective. We can talk about the list. We can remove if – if you want to take something off this list, though, you got to replace it with something, and I'll veto it or I'll, or I'll okay it. All right. All right? Now, these are the 10. I'm going to give you them in a moment. I also want, in order to keep with the, the radio shtick, I want the Mount Rushmore – your Mount Rushmore of your local favorite sports history, your, your, your favorite sports memory. Now, if you live outside of the city of Philadelphia, obviously, I don't want to – if you're not a Philadelphia fan, it's going to have, have nothing to do with Philadelphia. If you live in Chicago, it'll be the four most memorable sports moment for you in Chicago because we're a national show, Joe, and we have callers from all over the place. So you can tell we have racist people in California. That's true. We, we have do. people that love Robert Covington in New York. I have no idea why. <laughs> but we're all over the place. We Defensive span the globe. The we span the globe. Now – Joe Quillen's already thinking, too. He's already got a list. Look at him. All right. Now, I'm going to give you the list. I'm going to give you the 10, and I'm going to let you to, to marinate over that before I get into a little bit of the NBA talk. All right? And we're going to have a Catfish Charlie calling in right around like 740-ish uh, for his Tuesday 10, and you got to start him, sit him, castrate him for later on in the show. Okay. You do, right? I do. If, you want, if we have time, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. We got time. I'm going to make time for you, Joe. Okay. We'll do it then. That's cool. I'm off tomorrow. We're good. Yeah. We're, yeah man, we're going to go overtime. This is a two-hour show. All right? Minimum. Minimum. So here's the 10. No particular order. Am I getting paid overtime? All right. Now, if you, again, you can interact with the show on Facebook Live. You can also do so on Twitter. At Funkin' Fantasy, make sure you're hashtagging Funkin' Fantasy with your questions, comments, concerns, and uh, we'll deal with them accordingly as they come in. Andrea's over here. She's laughing about something. I have no idea why. They're doing, they're playing little baby games. I don't know what they're doing over there. They're making hand signals, puppets. What are you doing? What's, what's, what's so important? No, no, what's so important? It's like some Vince Vaughn stuff. Oh, yeah, she's, she's doing the hashtag kind of thing. It's funny. Her eyes went left and her hands went right. It was very, it was very strange. All right, so here we go. 1988, Dodger Stadium, game one of the World Series, Kirk Gibson's home run. 
These are in no particular order. February 11th, 1990, James Buster Douglas KOs Mike Tyson. July 4th, 1939, Lou Gehrig's Luckiest Man in the World speech. March 2nd, 1962, Will Chamberlain scores 100 points against the New York Knicks up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, at the Hershey Highway, which Joe was riding earlier this weekend. That's true. October 13th, 1960, Bill Mazarowski's walk-off homer in Game 7 against the Yankees. It is the only Game 7 World Series walk-off home run in history. 19, I'm sorry, February 22nd, 1980, the United States defeats the Soviet Union in the Olympics at Lake Placid to advance to play for the gold medal. April 8th, 1974, Turner Field, Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Hank Aaron hits number 715 to beat Babe Ruth for the home run king. Don't know. That's a good question. Who did he hit it off of? Eric Cohen? Al Downing. Al Downing, ladies and gentlemen. I know who caught the ball. Fantastic job out of you, buddy. Eric Cohen is, is, is a, uh, I'll use the word again twice in one show, is a plethora of sports knowledge, okay? <laughs> Which is why he comes here. March 28th, 1992, the Spectrum here in Philadelphia. Christian Leitner, buzzer uh, beater against Kentucky. You it's one of the most memorable moments of sports history, according to me. All right? <sighs> June 9th, 1973, Belmont Park, New York. Secretary wins a triple crown. In one of the, and probably the most dominating performance by an athlete, and that horse is an athlete. I don't want to hear anything about it. It's probably the most dominating performance by an athlete in the history of sports. Seriously. October 3rd, 1951, the Polo Grounds in New York. Bobby Thompson hits the shot, hits the shot heard around the world. Giants beat the, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers for the NL pennant. We all know this. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. That's my 10. Those are the 10 most memorable moments in sports history, according to me. Came off the top of my head. Okay. If you have something that you think is on this list that doesn't belong, or you have something else that you'd rather see on this list, please feel free to let me know. And we'll get to that in a moment. And as far as my four Mount Rushmore moments here for Philadelphia sports, <laughs> what's so funny, Joe? No, I just, I know it's coming. Go ahead. Freddie Mitchell's fourth and 26. Really? Roy Halladay's no-hitter in the playoffs against the Reds. Not the, not the perfect game against the Marlins, which, which is, only 11 people were there to see. And that's the anniversary. Yes. I am talking about the no-hitter in the playoffs, which is okay. the second to only be done in history except for Don Larson's World Series perfect game. Deshaun Jackson's Miracle in the Meadowlands, too. And Andrew reminded me of this one as I was kind of mulling over the fourth one earlier while I was doing the show prep. Matt Stairs, 2008 NLCS against that the Dodgers. A, that home run is one of the mo ones that sticks in my mind. All right? That and that's what I want. And I, and I want everyone to chime in on Facebook and hashtagging Funkin' Fantasy and give me your four. Uh, and I want you to call in, 619-924-974. We'll debate the list. I got other people over there getting ornery over here. I got the gentleman over there getting ornery. I know Eric wants to come up here and put some uh, omissions to this list that I may have missed and uh, maybe take a few out. Joe Quill, and he's also vast full of knowledge, and Doug McGregor's been marinating like the Calamati had earlier for hours about this. He doesn't have his list with him today. He didn't, didn't no, he only brings, the laminated, he brings the laminated list for fantasy football season, which we'll be doing later on this year when we transition to that. Laminated which, list? And at that point, Lauren Hoff will no longer be at the program anymore because right. she's just, are we just going to talk about football all day long? Yeah, that, that that's, that's what she about? says. Yeah, is this what the show is about? It's football? Yes. <laughs> the yesterday Game 7 Warriors take down the Rockets in Houston, Joe. 101-92, Kevin Durant 34 points. But Steph Curry has one of the best playoff performances of all time. 27 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. There's only three other players that have done that. Jordan. Can you name them? Jordan. I'll give you the whole show. It's not all Jordan. But I'll give you the show. I'll give you something. No, it's okay. So the Rockets, Harden scores 32 points, Eric Gordon 23, Preston Tucker. Preston Tucker goes double-double, 14 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, they shot a combined 7 of, of 44. 
That's from like, three-point range. It's like Sixers. Like Seven for 44. I can that, do better than that. It's not good, Joe. No. It's not good. Uh, Trevor Ariza, uh, however, did the most impressive thing of all last night. Shoots 0 for 12 from the field. That's like Rozier. 0 for 9 from three-point range. He didn't make a shot, Joe. <laughs> he went 0 for 21. Not a free throw, not a layup, not a two-point shot, not a three, not anything. He played 42 minutes of the most meaningless basketball in the history of the NBA. Is he going to be brought up on charges for no. uh, point shaving? No, he's not. But that right there is what's most impressive to me. You go 0 for 21 in a game seven. You took 21 shots. You didn't make anything. <laughs> All right? T- taking 21 shots and not, getting any- and not hitting anything is like Joe Corrado going to a bar on a Saturday night. Basically, he just, just keeps firing them up there and nothing's hitting. Shoot that's that's the way it is, man. Shoot or shoot. But winners win, Joe. That's right. Winners win. So now, it's game one on Thursday, Cavs-Golden State. We all know this story. It's Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. Again, four straight years now. Warriors-Cavs. Nine straight appearances. It's eight straight appearances eight straight, for sorry. LeBron. 24 consecutive series wins. 24 straight. Man, hasn't lost a, a, a playoff series in eight freaking years. Hmm. It's incredible, man. I mean, it really, it's incredible. We're not going to have the debate that LeBron and Jordan debate because that's dead and over with. And we know that answer. We buried that already. All right. So the fourth straight year again, it's Cleveland Golden State. 2015, Warriors win it in six. 2016, Cavs come back from a 3-1 series deficit behind LeBron and Kyrie Irving's strong play in game seven to win it. And then last year, the Warriors took care of business in game five and destroyed Cleveland as we know it. Kyrie Irving leaves, goes to Boston. And now... LeBron has done it all by himself. He has willed the, Cle- the Cleveland Cavaliers to this finals by himself. He took care of Toronto, went on, handled Boston in Game 7, and won, again, just phenomenal uh, performance night in, night out. Forty guys played every minute of every game just about. He is, he, you see him during the games, Joe. He is breathing through his freaking mouth you see him at every time. Yes. It's bad. He called a doubleheader last night. It's, ba- it, it's bad shape, man. It's bad shape. I mean, he, he is. His, he, really, he really needs to come here. His lungs are receding like his hairline. It is, it's bad. That it's is, getting, getting bad for him. That's a weird design to um, on top of his head. Do I? The Warriors already game one, 12 and a half point favorite. Kevin Love is questionable with the concussion. So we don't know if he's going to play. Iguodala, however, he is probably going to be doubtful for game one. Now, I don't know if, pardon me, I don't think they're going to rush him back for game one. Uh, but he is going to play a pivotal role in this series if, they, if, the, if the Warriors do plan on winning a third consecutive, I'm sorry, a second consecutive title in three in the last four years. I don't know if he's going to be back full strength by game two, but they're not going to rush him back for game one. Again, 12 and a half point favorite Golden State at home. Personally, I'm taking the chalk here. Because this Golden State Warrior team is a super team. I can see this thing being done in five. Uh, Cleveland wins a game at home just solely on the, fi- on the fact that LeBron's going to will them to win one and Golden, Golden State will just mail one in. Yeah, That's just what I think. If I'm wrong, I don't know. My bookie will be happy because I'm, taking, right. I'm taking the Warriors. I'm taking yeah. rock chalk on this one. I just can't see it happen. And then after this, and then the debate will happen. You know, where's LeBron going to go? And it's not ready for that time yet. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't think he's coming to Philadelphia. No? No. I don't think he's coming to Philadelphia. I'll save that for, for when the playoffs end, when the, when, the, uh, when the championship is hoisted, when it's lifted. Um, I will give you my prediction on where LeBron James is going. All right. And then last night, also we had hockey action. All right. The Vegas Knights win game one in their inaugural season in the Stanley Cup Finals over the Washington uh, Capitals. 6-4. 
in a comeback fashion. And uh, 500 to 1, these freaking guys were. 500 to 1. They had like three weeks the, off, too. Yes, before the season started. You're talking about a team that a group of guys that have nothing – it's just a, a collection of chips on shoulders. It's an entire team where the guys with a chip on their shoulders saying, okay, well, we were expendable. With we a, were expe- with a Stanley Cup goalie, all right? That's the part that All right, forget. they got yes. a lights-out goalie. I think that's a key to uh, hockey success. Listen, are you listening, Flyers fans? <laughs> they have a lights-out goalie. For those not listening in Orange, Black County and Delaware County, you know, the Delco faithful out there. Yes. I'll say it in terms you can understand. Bah, bah, bah. Goalie, all right? That's how it works. Go out, get the goalie, then you get the championship. That's how it works. What is going on over here? Flyers fans are sheep. They're sheep. That's what they are. They're sheep. I don't want your scarf. No, I don't need the scarf. I appreciate looking good in a scarf, but it's 93 flipping degrees out here, so I don't need a scarf right now. So 619-924-9874. 619-924-9874. Now, I gave you the list. I gave you the top ten. Now, Joe, I, now did you have, while you were hearing this list and on your way over here, because I know you were on short notice because you came in a pinch hit in a tight spot. Yep. Which is why, you know, that's why I call on you. That's I okay. can count on you to come in here at least swing the stick. If you need two minutes, that's me, man. That's, I'm, I'm giving every that's what she said joke possible out here. That's it. And no one's hitting it. I'm waiting on you. So, <laughs> I even said, and no one's Thanks, hitting it. Thanks, Thanks. All right. So now, Joe, at this, at, of this 10. Yes. Do you feel this 10 is solid or do you think some of this can come out and something else can go in? What do you think? I think uh, one can definitely come out of there. Well, who do you want out there? Buster Douglas. I, you know I'm a Mike Tyson fan, dude. That has got to be – you could be a Mike Tyson fan, but it's arguably the greatest upset in the history of sports. Mike yeah, Tyson was virtually unbeatable. Yeah, Buster Douglas was, was carrying carpet three months before that fight. There was so much garbage going into that Mike fight, Tyson though. was unbeatable. True. A guy who literally came off the street knocked out Mike Tyson. Now, he was out for 28 seconds. That's undebatable, all right? I mean, there's no reason. He was not down for 10. He was down for about a good three minutes. But to me, it's one of the greatest upsets of sports. I'm not taking it off there. I think it's one of the most memorable moments. Everyone knows who knocked out Mike Tyson. That's true. That's because you don't follow anything other than baseball. So now, what do you think? Do you have any memorable sports moments that stick out in your mind? A lot of people, again... Jimmy, Jimmy Valvano's Houston team winning the national championship. That's a huge one right there. Um, how about Doug Flutie, national championship with Boston College. There's another one right there. That's a pretty good one. The Hail Mary. There's the, uh, the UCLA, the, 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 what's it called, the University of California, the band game, where the band oh, comes yeah. on the field. There's yep. another one right there. It's a quality one. Now, what were you thinking? Are you thinking you have an Olympic one? Uh, yeah, the one where the uh, guy blew his hammy out, and he couldn't finish the race, and his dad jumped the wall, and he helped him. That's a memorable for moment? For me, yeah. That's you don't even know what the guy's name is. Is, is no. it that memorable? It wasn't American. No. We're going sure. to exclude that from the oh. list. <laughs> it doesn't work. If you can't remember the guy's name, the place it happened, you know which Olympic it was? Uh, Jesus it was, Christ. It was on I'm done number. with you. I'm done with you. It was the Summer Olympics. And it, and Where was it? I think it was L.A. Chester. Chester. <laughs> Chester. He was running for a different reason. All right. So, Ned, all right, since you have nothing to add to this list, productive whatsoever, what do you have as far as your Mount Rushmore of local, mem- local most memorable sports moments? Can it go back to like... You uh, can go back as far as eight, you like. Six months ago? If you th- now, you want to do the Philly special? Is that your play? Oh, I'm, I'm going the whole game, dude. 
The Eagles win the Super Bowl. See now, I, I don't want to see. I don't want to just level to that because I can as easily say that, that you know Brad Lidge. You know, all right, Corey Clements touchdown catch. Corey Clements touchdown catch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the over the shoulder. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that, that's your that's that's your on your Mount Rushmore most memorable. Yep. Which three weeks ago? Because like, I like that one better than Yurt's touchdown. Because when you say that, I mean, when you talk about the most memorable moment, you're talking about. You know, you can, you can feel yourself still being there. You remember with amazing accuracy. So think about this, Joe. What else do you have? I got uh, Bradley just strike out. So Bradley just strike out in the 2008 uh, World Series. Hin- uh, was it Hinky? Was that the guy? Uh, I think that's what it was, right? From okay. The race guy was, that was Hinky, right? To end the ball game? So... The, so the Phillies win the 08 World Series. Yep. Brad Lidge is strikeout on the mound. Okay. See, for me now, if I was going to go a little bit more back for the Phillies, I would say Pete Rose catching the ball for Bob Boone because that's a memorable moment. Without that play, they don't win the World Series. What year was it? 1980. Against who? Against the Kansas City Royals. Houston Astros. Oh, it's the playoff Houston. game. No, was it? Was it the playoff game? Pretty sure. Okay, that's right. No. It was Kansas City. Yeah, it was Kansas City. Was it Kansas City? Yeah, it was the World Series, dude. It wasn't a playoff game? Was it? Yeah. Oh, shit, my bad. Don't check me, bro. My bad. Don't check me, bro. That was a great one, though. So Jack says you got to include Tug. Okay, now now Jack O'Donnell says Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw's moment where he jumps up. Yeah, and he, that was pretty That's good. a pretty memorable. But do you understand how the exercise is going here, Joe? Do you understand you, how that, that thing works? I got you. I'm going to go back to you because I don't think you got it right now. You're not as, listen, man, you need another Jack and Coke. It's sweating. It, that Jack and Coke is sweating more than you were outside. Right. Mo Cheeks dunk over uh, Cooper. That's one of your most memorable moments? Like, yeah. Oh, no, he didn't go over Cooper. That was... Uh, you that you was, know what, Joe? I'm done with you. Dude. I'm done with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to audience participation uh, early because I have to, all right? Eric Cohen, come up to the microphone, man, because you are a plethora, third time, of sports knowledge. Do you get paid right? for that word? No, I'm not. Okay. But El Guapo, he can drop off the money anytime he wants. All right. What? <laughs> Andrew says, you're gonna kick, why are you going to kick my ass? I'm not picking on your Joe, but he's not helping me right now. He's killing me. He's killing me. He's killing me right now. It's one of the toughest jobs. And he's the best pinch hitter in podcasting. And right now, he's struggling at the plate, Eric. At least I didn't fail a ball off my face. It's early. It's early. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, now, Eric Cohen here. Balls over there. He's the, uh, the Uber driver of the stars. We love him. He gets comfy. He gets, he gets comfortable and over here. And lift in a pinch. And lift in a pinch. Now, I gave you my top ten. All right, now, do you think this is pretty sound, or do you, is there something pretty I sound. Can... There are a couple things that come to mind. All right, now, uh, what do you think? Because if I agree with you, I will have no problem taking one of these out of there and putting your selection in. And being a, a Syracuse grad and a, and a broadcast background or whatever, All right. part, part of my memories are often who brought us the game. And so one of my memories is anybody could say the U.S. hockey team beating the, beating the Russians sure. in 1980. But part of that was Al Michaels. Al Michaels made the whole thing. This impossible game, this impossible dream comes true. Right, because I I also think that that entire game, you know, you you understood the importance and even the casual fan, uh, I'm I'm sorry, the casual fan, but the, um, you know, the the real hockey fan understood really what was going on. But the most casual fan who really didn't grasp the intensity, the magnitude of what was happening at the United States being the Soviet Union, the way Al Michaels brought that game to you, those last minute, minute and a half, it sucked you in. I mean, like me, you know me, Joe, I'm the biggest hockey hater in the world. Yeah, but when sure. I listen back to that replay, 
I, I can't help but just love hockey for, the, for that minute and a half. Yeah, that was amazing. I can't help but love it. So, yeah, you know what? Sometimes, again, that's a, diff- that's a different topic for another time. Again, the, you know, if you're talking about the greatest calls, that's right. a whole other story. Because there have been, like I said, even, even going back to Bobby Thompson home run, you know, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. That's a great call. It's one of the greatest calls in the history of baseball. Gene Hartz. So that's a, that's a whole different thing. But I, I, now I respect what you're saying, but I'm talking about just an actual act, a, a play, a memorable play, something that happened or a moment, a moment in sports. What do you think? Well, things that are coming to mind first, because I'm a homer. You can is, be a homer. Is our Mount Rushmore. Uh, and we're talking Mount Rushmore in local sports. The first thing that comes to mind is 1980 NFC Championship game. And yeah, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to Oakland, and they stunk, and Jaworski didn't have his best game. He never had a good game. But the early on... <laughs> Stinks, dude. Most early on, quarterback in history of freaking Jaworski to Wilbert Montgomery, 42 yards okay. for a touchdown, and... That play to me signified we're going to the freaking Super Bowl. Okay, so for you, so that would be like your personal Mount Rushmore is. Or do you think that, like that's that's a Mount Rushmore. Okay, that's for you personal. So I'm talking about top ten all time. Because you're like I said, you are you are a uh, you're a student of the game, you're you you've you appreciated all these sports. Now I gotta stop Jordan for a second. Jordan, did we fire up that burger? Is it in yet? Yeah. Okay, awesome. We gotta we gotta try the burger for burger brawl, man. I, I'm contractually obligated to do so. All right? <laughs> It's a tough job, man. It is. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. So now, I, I want now I want I want your top four. But I, I like I said, as far as just the national spectacle, uh, the spectrum goes, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Um, and of course, I wasn't there. Maybe you don't maybe have to be there. Years. You don't have to be there. Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens sticking it to Mr. Adolf Hitler. That was that's that's okay. Olympics Olympics make a, uh, are on the list a lot. All right, there's a lot of Olympics that that have that have been that have been mentioned. And I can go back to time and look at those. Mary Lou Redden's, you know, flipping over the horse, the pummel horse, and all that stuff like that. It's um, it's a big one, dude. It is. That that's a big one. one. Yep. All right. So just give me your give me your four local, the four that come to your mind, the most memorable ones, because you most know, memorable ones. Number one, Wilma, Wilbert Montgomery. Wilbert Montgomery's 42 yard catch. Okay. Next one is the is Rick McLeish tipping goal, 1974, game Who? six, Philadelphia Flyers hockey. versus the hockey. Boston Bruins. Oh, it's just Bruins. hockey. I'm sorry, hockey you lost. Talk. I'm sorry, you lost. No, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. So Rick McLeish. I'm, okay. I'm 13 years old. I've grown up in an era in 13 years that all of our teams stink, and that's what I think Philadelphia is, and we have no winners, and and what kind of city is this? And we're game six, and Rick McLeish tips in a goal, and I say, "Geez, we're gonna we're gonna win we're gonna win the Stanley Cup." Right. All of a sudden, it's gonna happen. Yep. And, and I, I don't have to hear it from anybody else. We're 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 a city of winners. So Rick McLeish, okay. Tip in. Okay, Rick McLeish tipping just for a second, just to see how it felt. Um, Phillies. Nicely done. And I think the whole World Series versus Kansas City was kind of anticlimactic. Okay. Because we had lost the NLCS in 76, got swept by Cincinnati, and horrible losses in both 77 and 78 to the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. where we always found a way. To lose. To lose. (laughs) Right. 
And one was a BS call, wasn't it? Wasn't it Davy Lopes? So now, but, so, so, so aside from where, what was the, like, this so was the, the, what the moment. So what got the moment that got us over the hump was the Game 5 Houston Astros NLCS. Okay. Two outs, ninth inning. Dick Ruthven had been brought in out of the starter role to pitch and, he's, pitch he's and building relief. Right. He's building them right now. He's, <laughs> Enos Cabell hits a flare into right center field. Okay. And Gary Maddox, who was a goat in 77 and 78, dropping balls, not coming through, makes the final out, and we're over the hump. And Tim McCarver goes into an uncontrollable fit of laughter on the local broadcast. Didn't know what to say. And there was such a relief after five gut-wrenching games that the Phillies were in the World Series. And you knew they were going to win the World Series at that point, that they had finally gotten okay. over the winning the pennant. And the fourth and most recent <laughs> is the Hail Mary from Tom Brady. Which Listen, right now we're... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, if, if, in, you you, if you want to go to bookit.com, you might want to visit them right now, just letting you know. The Hail Mary from Tom Brady. I'm not getting paid for this. Which we've all seen... <laughs> 227 times every time the replay comes on NFL Network. So the ball getting knocked down to the goal. The ball getting knocked down and taking forever to finally hit the ground. Because none of us... We all sat around. None of us felt it was yeah. over well, here, until here. that play. So the players I'm, sat there for a second. That was amazing. So I'm, I'm in Minnesota watching this thing because we're hosting... Tony was hosting a, uh, a... What is it? Dave Byers says it's amateur hour with Luigi, evidently. Dave, what do you want me to do here, man? The, the, the volume is cranked all the way up, Chief. I, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, man. Anyway, so we're in Houston. We're hosting a, a Super Bowl, an Eagles Super Bowl party, and it was a, it was for all the Eagles, all the Eagles fans in Minnesota didn't have anywhere to go to watch games. There's no Eagles bar in Minnesota. You know, even here in Philadelphia, there's Charlie's, the Chiefs bar. You know what I mean? And you go in. You ever you ever been in there, Joe? No, but you like, go you I go about it though. You go in there, and there's like huge screen TVs for people to to watch the Chiefs game. But if you want to watch the Eagles, they put you in the back on a little transition TV to watch the Eagles game. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a Chiefs bar. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So while we're there, we're watching the game, and everyone in the bar, when that ball is tipped and hits the ground, right, is going. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't. I don't know what to do. And like, they're like, is it over? I'm. I'm sort of going. The game's over. The, like, the ball's on the ground. I'm like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Start celebrating. The game is over. But no one could realize it because everyone's still in shock. Like, did, did the ball hit the ground? Because at one point, that ball was in Gronkowski's hands, yes. and I think everyone freaked out because they saw the ball bounce, and then they saw Amendola dive through to try to catch it on the bounce. But the ball already hit the ground. Yeah. Well, they had to hit Merrill Reese with a cattle prod to say, "Hey, wake up! We won the game." I know. And Mike Quick had to. Had, you know, had to go in and go, oh, and we finally realized, hey, the game's over. You know, the referees are. All right, so you got, you got the, uh, the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. I have the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. I have the Game 5, Gary Maddox uh, making the final out, and Tim McCarver uncontrollably laughing. I have the, the Wilbur, Wilbert Montgomery, 42-yard first quarter run against Dallas. Right. That we were going to overcome the hated Dallas Cowboys, Tom Once Landry, and, all. and all that. Earlier in the season, Tony Franklin with a 59-yard field goal okay. on Monday Night Football. And, and finally, most recent, the, the never-ending Hail Mary that finally hit the ground. It finally happened. And it finally and happened. And it finally happened. All right. Well, Eric, that, that's yours. I appreciate you sharing with this man. Let's get up, Eric.
and that's what I'm talking about. Because that's for those are like, do you see how he remembered those with remarkable accuracy? Like he was there. He must not drink much, though. Okay. No. Well, you know, he does. He drinks. What's he? What does he drink? What are you drinking tonight, Eric? You got a glass of Pinot Grigio. Really? <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. I know it's hot, but come on. So now you understand how this works now, right, Joe? Yeah, I understand. Okay. <laughs> Joe's pissed off. He's upset right now. He's a little ornery. I'm good. So you're, now you're, are you monitoring Twitter? Yeah, man. Or what, are we having any interaction going on? Nothing. Beautiful. That's what I like to hear. I'm on it. Nothing, man. I don't know what's going on. People apparently are complaining about the fact that the Facebook audio is low, and I'm not sure why. I got it cranked up to optimum levels. I have no idea. Uh, Jason Nemiroff goes, the Philly special, 2018. Okay, that's a memorable go. moment. Absolutely. And I guarantee it's going to be on just about everyone's Mal Rushmore. Okay? Um, and it's okay. It was, listen, it's a great play. You know, Burton to Clement, it's a Foles. I mean, it's a hell of a play. It's going to be lived on in Philadelphia Eagles lore for, for the eternity. It's their only Super Bowl. Okay? And it was the most memorable play of the friggin' Super Bowl. Okay? Uh, it's not my favorite play of the game. It's that's not. A, a it's it's not my memorable play of the game. My yeah. most memorable no, my most memorable play of that game is when Nick Foles threw a pass to Nelson Aguilar and it was behind Aguilar on fourth and he had to reach back behind him and make that catch on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Which was what it kept the drive alive and the Eagles moving to score that touchdown. That was the biggest play of the game for me. I thought there was a couple fourth down plays that happened. Even the one that Ertz on fourth down, where he got he hit right the sticks and and rolled and it for momentum. Those were the most memorable plays to me. The, the Philly special is all fun and everything like that because again it was just the trick play and the nostalgia right. of it all. But I think the actual real nitty gritty of it, I think some of those fourth down catches were the biggest ones for me. Well, if that Brandon Graham uh, and the Brandon Graham stri- strips but they went strip, strip. I mean that's huge. Out, but they went four and out after that. They but did, but they but, scored, but they New England was it. driving. Yeah. New England was driving. Now if we're going to talk about this again, you had. At the, at the start of the second half, you knew, if you know anything about football, you knew New England was going to come out and they were going to score in that opening drive. 28-3. to three. Yeah. But they came out and they just started scoring touchdown after touchdown. After touchdown. And you just do like, we're not going to stop them. Yeah. This whole game is, no one's punting. Right. No one's punting the ball. This came out to basically whoever's going to just, not, who, who just who's going to score more. Literally, I mean, it, it come, I mean, I, hot take central here. Team who scores most wins, right? But Usually no, no right. defense was stepping up, all right? Neither defense showed up. One had to make a play. Yep. The Eagles ended up making it, and that's why we won. All right? I don't, I don't know who this Dave Byers guy is. I, I really have no idea. Anyway, uh, but we got Joe Quillen in the house, too. So I, 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 you know, I normally don't get a chance to give Joe too much, too much time on the mic because we've got so much going on. There's always a lot of stuff to, like, happening. And tonight, there's nothing happening. So I got a time to get Joe up here. <laughs> I want Joe, because, no, because, again, Joe's a sports guy. He knows his stuff. And I want to be able to give him a chance at this top 10 list. And I also want to give him a chance to give his top four for Philadelphia sports. So Joe Quillen, everybody. Joe, everybody comes up to the table. They put, they put their leg up on the, you know, they cross their yeah, legs. They get real comfortable around here. It's around here. It's like the freaking Jay Leno show. But funny. All right. And we got Catfish holding, so I want, I want to, but I want to give Joe his due. So, Joe, what do you got? Yeah, I, I thought what I was going to do is I was going to have to bump in the secretariat one in there. No, I had that up there. Yeah. It's the most dominating performance, man. I mean, seriously. It, it, well, you like the it won by like a mile. I mean, yeah. literally like yeah. a mile. Yeah, he won by 
32 lines. It's not even come close. Like, there's, it's never going to happen. Now, we had, we had another super horse come along with American Pharaoh. Now we have Justify, who's biting for a chance to win the, belt, the Triple Crown, which I don't think he's going to have a chance to. He looked gassed at the end of the Preakness run. And if you look gassed running at the end of the Preakness, you got no shot at the Belmont. Yeah, no might, shot. They might get some vitamins. Now, if there is one other horse racing event you want to put on there, Affirmed in Alidar in 1978. The head, the head, the stake, the head, the head stake race? No, the Triple Crown. The Triple Crown. Oh, that, I'm sorry. Affirmed won the Triple Crown, and Alidar finished second each race by a diminishing amount each race. Okay. So, I mean, but I can't, I can't argue with those 10. Those ten uh, really? So you have no argument over those no, 10? Okay, no. wow. That's amazing. I'm because every, I said this list, and everyone looks at me like, oh, well, I don't know, really, that's it? And then you look back and you go, what are you really going to bump what are you going to take out to put in? I think he's afraid he's going to get bullied by you. That's why. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Tony Bruno walking in. I mean, I just can't think of anything that would be Robin's got the stars and stripes on. Tony looking like he Tony. walked off a boat. He looked tan, though, brother. He looked good, man. He's been working on the house. The Tar Beach. I love it. Have a seat, brother. All right, so. And I'll, I'm gonna, and I'll let Tony give his top ten to two because he's been around the block, as you like to say, so he's got some information. So you have nothing you'd like to bump off the top ten, but what do you have as far as your top four for Philadelphia sports, for your own, for your own personal favorite mem memorable moments? Okay, the first one I thought of, and, it, and I agree with you on this, the Halliday playoff no-hitter in the NLDS. I was at that game. Right, really? And that was probably the most dominant performance I ever saw in person yes. in, in any stadium I've been dancing. in. Yeah. I mean, that, that should have been a perfect game. Mm -hmm. But that, that one pit, I think it was Scott Rowland he walked. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. But that, okay. I mean, that, was, that was the most dominant performance I've ever seen in person. Okay. All right. Second one, you say the Super Bowl or you said you – said He said the Super Bowl okay. itself, and then, you know, and then some people All were right. saying the Philly special. Let's go back to 2007. Okay. Eagles were fighting for a playoff spot. The Eagles, I think, needed two losses in the early games because they had the 4 o'clock game against Dallas. Oakland, who was horrible that year, had to beat Tampa Bay. And somebody else had to lose. Eagles got, Eagles got both, both of those teams ahead of them to lose. Eagles-Dallas, week 17, turned into a pre-playoff game. Uh, and the Eagles smoked them 41-6 to to get into the playoffs. Okay. And that started that playoff run. All right. There's that number two. Anytime you knock Dallas out of the playoffs, it's yeah, great. That's good. All right. That's number two. Number three. All right. Third one, the Villanova National Championship in 2016. The shot. Beater. Now, here's bad coaching on Roy Williams. Well, we were there for that. Here's, I was there for that. Here's, well, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah I was there a, for that. I was in Houston here, with Tony. Here's bad coaching on Roy Williams Park. Okay. Daniel Chafu grabs the dry mop. Put the mic up to your... And he's mopping the area where they're going to run the play. <laughs> if that's not a clue... <laughs> that's where he's setting up. Well, again, yeah, these, yeah. I, listen, these guys aren't paying Roy Roy's trying to get guys set up defensively. He's not worried about who's mopping yeah. the floor. Where they're, it's the same thing with, with New England and Oakland. They're over there c clearing snow for, yeah, uh, you know... For a field goal. Yeah. So for Vinatieri, kick a field goal. All right, and number four? Uh, the 76ers in 83... The faux five four, okay. Faux five faux. But what's your favorite moment from that though? It's not just about winning the championship. Or was your favorite moment Moses Malone saying, you know, four four four, but they did it in yeah. four five four basically. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. I mean, just just to get another championship here. 
Jason Nemiroff saying, speaking to the mic, bro. I tell myself, Jason, you got to bring it up a little bit. There you go. So, all right, so those are your four personal. You don't, you don't argue with anything with the top ten that I gave, which is phenomenal. And I'll run it back for the people that, that weren't listening earlier because there's people chiming in all over the place now. So, in no particular order, 1988, Dodger Stadium, Game 1, World Series, Kirk Gibson's home run. February 11, 1990, Buster Douglas knocks out Mike Tyson. Uh, you got Lou Gehrig's Luckiest Man in the World speech. Will Chamberlain scores 100 points versus the Knicks. Bill Mazarowski's walk-off home run in Game 7 against the Yankees. USA defeats Soviet Union in the Olympics at Lake Placid. 1974, Atlanta, Georgia, Turner Field. Henry Aaron becomes the home run king, hits 715 to beat Babe Ruth. Then you have the Spectrum here in Philadelphia in 1992 with Christian Leitner's buzzer beater over Kentucky. You have the 1973 Belmont Park, New York, uh, in Belmont Park, New York for Secretariat's Triple Crown win. And then the Polo Grounds in New York for Bobby Thompson, shot heard around the world. Those are the 10 that I put up there that I feel that are the strongest, most memorable moments in sports history. Again, now people are checking in. They're saying Ali Liston. Ali Liston is another one. I don't is it, do you think? I mean, I don't know. Can I remove any of this? Yeah, See, now people are saying right now, I was going to go Rocky beats Apollo here at the Spectrum. But Joe's not here. So but Joe's not here, so I can't do that. And Tony, Dave Byer says uh, you're the best. He misses you on the overnights. That's what he says. This guy's talking more crap on this on Facebook page. Then just call in, Dave. Just, just freaking call in. 619-924-974. I'll put you on the phone with Tony yourself. Send him a pen. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll send you a pen. Um, a lot, uh, some other people are saying Jackie Robinson breaks the color barrier for the Brooklyn Dodgers coming yeah, that's, in. Is, that's a, that's a pretty memorable one right there. Now, I think that's one I'll actually remove one of these from the list. What's going to go? That's what's debatable here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That's, 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 that's up there, too. No, but that was in Detroit. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take out... I'm going to take out... I'll take out... Here's one. I will take out Kirk Gibson's home run in the 88 World Series and put in Jackie Robinson breaks the collar barrier. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, you staying with the Dodgers? I'm staying with the Dodgers team. You see how it all works in there? I just sound like it because Lasorda had no... No hope at all that he was going right. to do anything. Listen, that guy, you could hear him wincing in the tunnel. Just like you, Joe. When you're wheezing in the tunnel, he was That's wincing, good. wincing in the tunnel. Not wincing in the tunnel. Not Carson Wentz. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, Joe, listen, man. Thank you for giving, for, for sharing. I appreciate that. It's Joe Quill and everybody. Appreciate that. <laughs> right now, I got to go to a man who's used to both wincing and wheezing. And that's, that's Catfish Charlie. We got him on the line right now for the Tuesday 10. Charlie, what's up, buddy? Yo, what's up, fellas? Nothing up, much, Charlie? brother. Everything's, uh, I, uh, everything's fantastic. Roses over here, pal. I think I got a strong 10 for you here today. That's uh, what she said, pal. One of them comes from the guy sitting right next to you. Joe? Yeah. <laughs> I got one from Joe Rufino. Do you agree with my list, though? That's the most important thing. Oh, I, I, I mean, I wasn't alive for some of them. I mean, well, neither so, was I. I'm just saying, but like, they're, <laughs> most, they're memorable. They're memorable moments, I would say, for sure. They're moments I've seen on TV and elsewhere, and I remember them just by seeing them after the fact. If we go personal, I mean, we could talk about so me dropping 41 points for Wisp BC, brother. I mean, look, I dropped 41. My range was the gym that night. I was lights out. I was lights out. <laughs> I dropped 41 points that night, dude. <laughs> I shot every damn time I touched the ball. Really? Yeah, man. 
Don't like passing. I was like the black hole, man. It was, I didn't even care. That ball game to me, I was firing up. It didn't matter. I had a green light. I took it. All right. So before I get your opinion on the top ten list or anything you might want to put on there, take off, and I want to get your personal Mount Rushmore, your four Philly sports memorable moments, what do you have? For, let's, get to the, let's get to the real, the real reason you're calling here, and that's for the Tuesday 10. All right. So uh, I'm giving you my 10 first, right? You give me the 10. You know how this works. You've been doing this for a while now, Charlie. Every oh, single, yeah, 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 yeah. For the people that haven't. A long day. Long for the day. first time, ladies here, Charlie calls in every <laughs> single week, and he gives us 10 questions randomly that he comes out with throughout the course of his day. And uh, he asks us organically. We have no idea what the hell they are. He shoots them out, we've, and we, we answer them the best we can. So go ahead, Charlie. All right. So number one. Could Joel Embiid be embarrassed for having fun and playing pickup basketball in, in the streets of Philadelphia? No. I don't think he should be embarrassed, but he needs to stop dunking on innocent white kids. All right? <laughs> he needs to start picking on people his own size. He's going out there, and he's dunking on middle school kids. He should, I mean, it's cool. I mean, listen, it's great for you to be sitting at the park, and you're playing ball with your friends, and a car pulls up, and Joel Embiid comes out, and he goes, I like to play with you guys. You know what I mean? And that's, that's awesome. He's Italian. That's awesome. No, he's not Italian. <laughs> like beast aftershave. He's not commercial. Italian. Uh, I, would love, I would love for that to happen for me, okay, for Joel Embiid to come out. But if you think he's going to show up my court and just dunk on me and not get hit in the chops for that, oh, yeah, absolutely. it's dangerous territory, yeah, man. Absolutely. It's dangerous territory. I'm not one of these guys who say he should be in a, in a bubble and, you know, we got to worry about the injury. Listen, man, live your life, have some fun. There's obviously, obviously no risk of getting hurt on this court, okay? Yeah. But uh, all I'm saying is maybe take it up to Rucker, Joel. You know, take it up to another basketball court where some guys can actually play some ball and people are going to play defense. Instead of you sitting there at seven foot two making these innocent little kids look like idiots, all right? They got to go home. They got families, all right? <laughs> they had girlfriends before you started playing. <laughs> it's not fair, dude. The trainers aren't there, so that's always a good thing. Keep the trainers away from them. All right. So I, I, think, I think it's, 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 it's funny. I just think that he should be picking on someone his own size a little bit. Maybe go to a, go to a court where there's actually some real ballers out there. I right? find it amusing that he hasn't spotting up shooting threes like he does in the regular games. I no. like, do that shit in a game. Dunk over somebody he's taking, in a game. If, have, you noticed the, have you seen the videos of the kids he's playing against? Oh, yeah. They're like little he, mites, dude. They can jump over them. I know. It's, it's not fair. No. Bouncing the ball Next from the kid's forehead. Next question. All right. This one's from Joe Rufino. Who Joe, is the best dad that isn't your own? Who is the best dad that's not my own? Yes. You have to work. This comes from somebody on Twitter claiming to be the number one dad. Oh, no, one of those guys. Oh, number one dad. Number one dad. Oh, I always, every time I see one of those guys walking with the shirt, I, I congratulate them. I'm like, hey, congrats, man. You know, way to go, buddy. Glad to know that everyone else, everyone else sucks compared to you, buddy. You are the Ricky Bobby of fathers. That's the guy. Yeah. I hate those guys with those T-shirts. Number one. Dad, yeah. number one. Um, Thank you. Man. You know, it's tough because, you know, I never really formed any relationships with my friend's fathers. It was more like their mother's. That's <laughs> <laughs> the truth, man. It really it – it, it is. I, I, it, I, I can't it, – it really is, man. Um, I don't know. I'll go Tony Bruno by default. He's like my, he's like my step pop. So I'll go Bruno by default. What about you, Joe? Is your damn question? Uh, a buddy of mine. His, uh, his dad's a hell of a guy. Okay. Lunacella. Grew up around the corner from me. Brian Bowitz checks in all the way down North Wild. We'll listen to love you guys. Love you too, Brian. Checks in the mail, pal. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> all right. Who in your life 
believe that you can read their mind and understand everything that they want you to do. Jesus Christ. Um, who in my life believes that I can read their mind and knows everything that I want mm-hmm. they they want you to do. So say, my, my pops, he always thinks that basically I'm a mind reader of his, and I just understand what he wants me to do. Oh, oh you, know, you know what? mainly in our work relationship. Luckily, I don't have anyone like that in my life. No, I'm positive. I'm lying, but I'm positive. <laughs> All right? For castrative purposes, I'm lying, but I'm positive. All right? Joe, what about you, Joe? I can't think of anybody off hand, man. That's no? a tough question. It's, it's a very, th- this need, is what need, happens here, man. Yeah, it's just hard-hitting stuff. I need more you think time. you're coming here with fluff? This wasn't going to be fluff. Where's this damn burger? That's what I got my journalism degree for. Next question. I come with... All right. <laughs> Who do you turn to for sports emotional support? So when your sports team goes wrong... Who do you turn to for your emotional support? I don't. I don't. My life doesn't, my life doesn't end when the, when the teams lose. Uh, but for anything, it's probably the person I'm with at the moment. It's whoever I'm watching the game with or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if we're all there feeling the pain together, that, that's, that's what I'm going with. I, I don't really call – I don't have, like, a certain sponsor or something I call up and go, you know – I mean, I'm – it's a load of question. I mean, do I have any money on the game? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you're talking real emotional support, I mean, if you're talking real emotional support, I'm calling someone like, you know, that I might need to borrow cash off and I need the emotionally understanding of the situation and the, uh, the uh, you know, so that's the Tony severity again. of it. Tony, Tony again then? No, no, no. He usually calls me for money. Oh, okay. What about you, Joe? Uh, I'll go with my kids because they're usually around with me when I'm watching games and then I'll just cry to them. Do you really cry? No. <laughs> Just for sure. I don't cry when a team loses. I cry. I cried when the Eagles won. I did when they won the Super Bowl. I, I, never, te- I when, the Eagles, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. When the Phillies won the World Series. When <laughs> Italy won the World Cup. When was that? Against France in shootouts. Oh. In 2000. I don't watch it. When they when they won, I, I I cried. That was that was that was pretty cool. They didn't even make the World Cup this year. The U.S. and Italy to make the World Cup. I think they're just dodging Russia. I think that's what it is, man. I, that's what it is. So they won't be in. Uh, they won't be in World Cup 2018. Next question. Last time I cried, uh, just one quick one. Oh, uh, next time. Last, last time, time I cried was the 2003 uh, NFC Championship game. That was the last time. I've only gotten angry ever since. Fair enough. Uh, question. Are PJ pants welcome in public? No. It, it, it happens to be the official wardrobe of Northeast Philadelphia. People walking around in pajama bottoms uh-huh. and then like a nice top. Oh, I'm a. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I'm talking about guys. This is that, all females or this Listen, all, you're all talking about Charlie. guys in full like nautica flannel, oh, like pajama pants, oh, but like a nice button down to go with it. Oh, that's the truth. It's bad, man. I mean, if you go to Walmart, it's the official wardrobe, dude. It really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never understood how many pairs of Cookie Monsters freaking uh, pajama pants were sold in America <laughs> until, until, until I stepped out. I mean, seriously. I've always thought they were Zubaz pants. Maybe no, 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 no. If I'm you walk mistaken. around, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's the same. It's a stereotypical chick who's got it on, okay? She's the, she's the one who's wearing pajama pants, all right? And she's walking around the house with a pair of freaking stretchy pants that say juicy on the ass, oh, yeah. all right? It's, you, you, can, you can just, I guarantee you, if you see a girl walking around the streets in pajama pants, okay, or like pajama shorts, right? Right? I guarantee you, you shoebox bet on this one. You go to her house, you look in her, you look in her, in her, in her 
you know, her drawers or whatever it is, or her closet, wherever she keeps her clothes, so I have to go her hoe rags, okay? <laughs> I guarantee you, you will find a pair of pants that say juicy on the ass. Guaranteed, okay? They do not belong in public. Pajama pants should be worn in public in the house. You look like trash. When you walk out of the house like that, you say something about yourself. And what you're saying is not very much. Put on a pair of pants. <laughs> goes for men and goes for women. It's not cute. I have never seen a dude wear PJ pants outside. Seriously? Never. Joe, maybe, take maybe, a trip to Delco, man. Maybe, maybe I don't look at dudes that much. Maybe I should... Uh, I'm too busy. <laughs> Joe, you've never walked outside and seen a guy wearing pajama pants and go, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> no. And it's like grown men. Dude, I'm always working, so I guess... Oh, whatever, dude. You... No, it's not acceptable. <laughs> Next question. All right. Will you welcome an Amazon Echo or Google? I can't remember the name of the Google one. I think it's Dot inside your home. I don't. I haven't. I won't. Because um, I don't know. Well, Tony and Rob, we just, like, they just got Alexa a little while ago. And we had Alexa on the show. And that was kind yeah. of fun for about 30 seconds. And it got really <laughs> stupid. But I, I don't know. I guess because I don't have one, I don't really see the, the, whole, the whole point of it. I got. Oh, no, hold on. I got to ask Jordan. Jordan, is the burger ready for Burger Bowl that we need to get on the show? Yeah, I'm gonna answer that for a couple minutes. I'll make a maniac out of me. It's supposed to be 7:15, 7:51. Typically, it's not like this at Moonshine. Typically, we have this stuff on the table at the proper time. So anyway, yeah, I have. An I'm, I'm just being difficult tonight, damn it. That's the way it is. I have an echo. I, I like it. Man. What's the matter? Kurtzel. That's what it is. So. No, no pajama pants uh, and the Echo. I, I, don't, I don't really, like I said, I think I, I would be, t I talk to myself enough as it is. So for me to be walking around the house all day long, like, hey, uh, you turn know, this, turn this off. Hey, Alexa, you know, what's on Red Tube? I, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I would just, I, I would be spending too much time in the house and I like to be outdoors. I'm an outdoor cat. Like, you don't know what's on there already. Well, I, you know, the new fault lineup's coming a little early. <laughs> Anyway, so, what about, so Joe, do you have one? Do you have? Yeah, I have a. Uh, yeah, I have Alexa. And what is it? And was it, Do you use it often? Um, yeah. What do you use it for? Like, do you use it to like uh, turn on the lights? Do you use it like Alexa, no, like make a shopping list? No, or? I don't have all that shit. No, I just have my um, my playlist. Throw it. Just your play. Oh, so you just yeah. play the music in the house? Yeah, and so I can stream like different different shows or you know. Okay. I can say, hey, play funk and fantasy. That's what you should be saying right there. That's what I in do. fact, I, I encourage everyone to go out and get Alexa tomorrow and uh, play funk and fantasy Thank the next you. day. So. There you go. Next question. <laughs> All right. Does the same matchup year after year in the NBA Finals take away from the sport? No. Nope. No. No. And here's the reason why. It's because the Golden State Warriors are a super team. Okay? They're a lucky super team. And I do believe in some of that, believe in some of that stuff that's been seen, said nationally about the fact that how some of it has been luck and all this other stuff. But they are a super team. And they're a great team to watch. They're a fun team to watch. Nobody ever watch the Warriors and go, I'm bored watching the Warriors. No. No, it's a fun team to watch. Plus, then you got Curry's mom, too. The past three years, I'm sorry, the past four years that have been played, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from a 3-1 deficit, one of the greatest series in NBA history, okay, to win it. And then this year with, with Cleveland, it's dramatic because of the fact that this is the worst supporting cast LeBron's had in his entire career next to, you know, the Delonte West, Mo Williams, and Drew Gooden team he had in Cleveland when he was there when he was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So he's done more with less. And he's, you know, he was, the, he was the four seed in the East. You know, he had, he had to work his way through it. He did this by himself. And you have the greatest 
you have a, a culmination of two of the best superstars in the league within Durant and Steph Curry, arguably the greatest shooter in the history of... Actually, it's not even arguable. He is the greatest shooter in NBA history. And one of the top 10 players in, in, in NBA history, and Kevin Durant already, against... Say whatever you want to say. He's the best player in NBA history, and LeBron James. So you have three of the greatest players ever on, you know, on the national stage. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. You can't top that. I mean, what would you rather see? Golden State versus Toronto? You know, Houston versus Indiana? Is that what you really wanted to see? No, people want to see LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant go at right. it. That's what they want to see. I totally agree. You're still there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Dynamite drop oh, money. I thought I lost school is really paid off. <laughs> I was just waiting to hear it because I'm just like, right, you guys are giving me nothing here, man. I go through this whole long soliloquy and you just leave me hanging. It's like freaking ninth grade all over again. <laughs> so go ahead. All right. Here's the next one. We got, what's the most re- uh, disrespectful show em up move in sports? Okay. The most disrespectful show em up move in sports. Um, I got mine already. You have yours already? Yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm going to let this marinate. Say, probably, go, I'm going to let this marinate for a sec. Go ahead. You probably think no, I'd like, yeah, 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 I ain't going to go bat flip. I'm going to step over move. Go for it. Step over move with the, putting the junk right in the face. The step over in, in, totally. like, in basketball? On, yep, and you step over and then you just kind of brush your nuts right against their forehead. I've seen it a couple times in the last uh, month or two. I actually think it's the... Um, See, there's a couple, but if I'm, a, I, I think the number one is the stare. Really? On a home run ball. When you knock it out and you just sit there and you just stare right at the pitcher. I think that's the one. I mean, that's showing him up more than anything. Because yeah, he's coming at you with everything he's got. And you just belt yeah. out the park. You just sit there and look at him and go, that's it? That's all you got? <laughs> I, think that, I think that's the number one. And then... Um, it's funny how they do that. I also like, you know, it's... I also like the, uh, in football, when a, guy, when a guy gets popped, I mean seriously popped, like, you know, a, you know, a safety just lights a guy up, and the, guy, and, the, and the receiver just pops up and just is like, yeah. first down. That's it. Like, it doesn't even phase the guy. I Irving think that's another Fryer one. used to dust himself off. Yeah. That was, that was always yeah. good. I always thought that was pretty should have cool. dusted off some of those tax returns and uh, filed those, yeah. too. So. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. None of my business. Next question. All right. Do you have a nervous tick? Do I have a nervous tick? Joe yep. Uh, yeah, Joe Corrado. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bite my fingernails. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah, that's a nervous tick. No, that's not a nervous tick. That's actual like a, a medical issue. You should go check that out immediately. Yeah. Yeah, call the rant. That's my nervous tick. Um, I have things that tick me off. I, I get triggered by some things. Um, but yeah, I think my, my, my home run, I mean, my tick would just be just biting my fingernails. That would be my nervous tick. I don't think I have one. You don't have a nervous tick? I don't think so. I don't believe I do. I don't know. You see me. I'm nervous before the show. I just drank. Usually works. Speak up, man. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You couldn't hear me? No. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. Jesus. No, I don't think I have any nervous ticks. Dave Byer says, well, Caddyshack is coming on. Talk to you guys next week. Don't die on me up there, Luigi. David, I don't know whether you're a fan or you're an asshole, but either one, man. Thanks for checking in, but I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, that would, that would be my nervous tick. 
All right, number 10. In reference to the, situ- uh, the police situation in Wildwood, should people have the right to not give the police officers their name? No. No. If, an op- if a cop asks you your name, give them your name. Absolutely. Same thing if a cop asks you for your license, driver's license, present the driver's license. When you say, I don't have to show you my license, now the cop is not too happy to be talking to you anymore. Why do you got to be so hostile? If you've done nothing wrong, if you have no reason to be in trouble, just show the stuff. Cop asks your name, give me your name. I don't understand what the problem is. And the follow-up. No, no. What's the problem is, now? So, <laughs> so uh, when it's when the uh, situation erupts like it did this past weekend, is that the police officer's fault, or is that the person who refused to give him his information's fault? I don't know, man. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, really, it's. <sighs> There's a lot more to that story than the. I, 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 like I said, I fully, I'm, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on the side of, I'm on the side of, I, I think the hostility towards cops altogether needs to stop with the attitude. I mean, there is a uniform present. Like before, there used to be a thing where it's just like, you know, you just, you just respected the uniform. It is what it is. It's like, you know, you see, an, you see a soldier, you respect the soldier, you salute the soldier, whatever the case may be. When a cop's talking, just listen to what he's got to say. When I walk over to you, if I'm an officer, I say, Hey, guys, what's going on? Don't give me an attitude. Don't give me this, that, and a third, and all this other crap, and yell at me and tell me, get the hell out of here. But I'm like, I was just saying hello. You know, if I pull you over, I know, I know a lot of cops, and I know there's some, some good ones out there, some bad ones out there, and I don't want to turn this into one of those kind of things, but if a cop ever came up to me and said, hey, license and registration, sure, officer, no, no problem. Which they have many times No, no, No problem. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say, I don't got to show you anything. Right. No. I don't have to legally show you my license. You, at this point now, you're giving him a hard time. You're giving the officer, him or her, you're giving them a reason to, to, to be a jerk back to you. Show a little respect, get a little respect. That's just the way it is for me, man. You want respect, you got to give respect first. It's the way it is, man. Hey, totally agree, fellas. That's yeah. the 10. Oh, that's have, it. I have a retraction on mine. I, uh, yeah, Jack, that's it. Jack reminded me that I do have a nervous tick. That I, What's your nervous tick, buddy? My legs shake like crazy. Your legs shake all, like I'm crazy. My leg, yeah. It's all that damn coke you're drinking. I know, man. Switch the diet. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe too much sugar. Seriously, it's the Could sugar, be. man. The caffeine too. Maybe so, go to a caffeine free. Jack and caffeine free. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine going to a bar like that, a grown man? Get a Jack and uh, caffeine free diet coke, please, <laughs> and uh, tampon on the side. <laughs> you don't mind, Charlie. Now listen, I got to get your. Now you heard mm-hmm. my top ten. You heard my list. My solid ten. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't know if you yeah. disagree or disagree with them. Um, but do you have any memorable sports moment in history that sticks out in your mind? Before I get your personal four favorite for, Phil- for, for Philadelphia, for your hometown, do you have any one that sticks out in particular to yourself on a national stage? Uh, on a national stage. American Pharaoh, man. I was so wrapped Okay, up so the Triple Crown winner. Of, of, listen, that, again, that was another yeah. dominating. He, he, he didn't dominate like Secretariat, but, I mean, he did pull away pretty good in that race. And it's been so many years. It's been, what, was it, uh, Jesus, 30, was it? Joe Quillen, check my math here. How many years was it? It was uh, 73. Was, so it was 37 years. 37 years since we've seen Triple Crown Horse. We had so many come close. Um, but none could do yeah. it. America, and, again, I was cheering for him the whole way. And that's not because I just had money on him. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. But as far as your top four for yourself, personal, what do you got? It's personal in my life or personal? No, in, no for your own, uh, for, for your own Philly most sports. memorable Philly sports moments. Your, your Mount Rushmore of no, uh, memorable moments. My Mount Rushmore Philly sports moments. Uh, number four, uh, Philly's punching their ticket to the 93 World Series. That's my first 
playoff series that I remember. Okay. All right. And Again, this is all that, personal. That was just personal. amazing. Okay. Um, Game six against Atlanta. Number three. Number three, I go with the uh, the Flyers uh, taking the Bruins in Game Seven. In uh, I guess it was 2010. Yeah, I was in Atlantic City. I was and, in Atlantic City that night. That was the night. That was the night uh, the blackjack hand from hell. <laughs> no, I I split seven times. Seven times, four double downs. I, I, just, I just finished, I just won a poker tournament. I just won a sit and go for like $4,300, like 15 minutes before that. I'm not kidding. Nice. My buddy Steve, my buddy Steve and I split this thing. He goes, you're the better player. You go in there and play, right? So we go play. It's our last money. It was $65 to get in. I put up, I put up 35, you put up 30. Our last 65 bucks combined. I go sit down. Four hours later, I come out victorious. I win the tournament. Right, so I split nice. the money with him. I sit down at a blackjack table. I sit, I start playing. I get hit with this crazy s- series of cards. I'm splitting. I'm doubling down. Long story short, I'm sitting with a bunch of 19s and 20s. This this chick goes five card 21. Jordan, where is the burger? Not on. <laughs> Sorry. She's doing the best she can. I know it, but I gotta I gotta keep up on her. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. So Flyers, uh, Game Seven. Boston, 2010. I remember yep. it. Go for it. Number two, the uh, the 2008 Phillies clinching it at, at home. That just, I'm, I, I was in the streets that night. I so was walking I. by my work. I was working at the Ritz Carlton. They uh, they handed me champagne and beer, and I was drinking with, I guess, a couple thousand of my uh, closest friends that night on the streets of Philly. Oh, that was just good for you. Spectacular. That's awesome, man. I was down at Frankfurt and Cotman <laughs> being a local Northeast uh, pedestrian that I was. I, I went down to Frankfurt and Cotman for it. climb a pole? No, I didn't climb a pole. No. My pole climbed, though. It's a good night, bro. I <laughs> did climb a pole that night. Fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, for your last one, buddy. The, uh, my last one. Uh, I might have to, I might put, I might to put that on there. Ball, that's, I actually might want to do this uh, next time. I, I, hold on. I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off, Trevor. But I think I, think I want to put one up on a side note. I want to do the most memorable sports Moments ever. Rick Vaughn, uh, which punching out Jack Parkman. <laughs> Hickory, Hickory winning the the, uh, the yeah, Indiana that's, State Championship. That's, a big one, that's up there too. Yeah. Uh, Tin Cup hitting twelve, shooting twelve at the U.S. Open. That's a pretty big one oh, right there. That's the best one. Yeah, Jake Taylor's bunt single in the oh, ALCS in the ALCS. Yeah, oh for the, the ALDS. I'm sorry, that was huge. Yeah, Bob Barker knocking out Happy Gilmore in a pro am. That was a huge one right there. That's a big one, man. Henry Rowan Gardner. Henry Rowan Gardner, <laughs> right? That's a, that's a big one. Um, I would say, um, let's see here. Steve Nebraska, again, against the uh, Steve Nebraska World Series game one against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, 87 up, I mean, 81 up, 81 down. I mean, I'm sorry, 81 pitches, all of them strike, 27 up, 27 down. Perfect game. That was a huge one at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Bugs Bunny against the uh, Gas House team. Uh, Bill Murray, Bill Murray's assist in that game, that's pretty epic. <laughs> Against the Monstars, that was pretty big. Uh, yeah, Gina Davis is split <laughs> at, at, at home plate. That's a big one. Uh, let's see here. What else you got? Um, man, I'm, I'm, miss, I'm, miss, I'm missing. The throwdown dunk by Billy Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Uh, yeah, yeah. How, about, how about Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle beating the king and the duck? That's, that's, uh, that's pretty huge right there. Um, we're missing so many. Oh, man. Yeah, Robert Redford's home run, the natural. Yeah. That's, that's a big one right there. Um, God. How about, how, about, um, how, about, how about Charlie Conway's triple deke to win, to win the District 9 championship 
for the Mighty Ducks. How about that one? Oh, that, was a, that was a pretty big yeah. one, too. Yeah, the annexation of Puerto Rico for the Little Giants. That was a huge play right there. How about that South Pole from Philly beating that? Uh... Rocky Balboa <laughs> knocking out Apollo Creed and Rocky too. That was a big one. The Triple Lindy. The Triple Lindy oh, from back guys. to school. That was a huge run right there. See, this is a fun one, man. You can do the buttons. That's a quality one. That's a pretty good run right there. Charlie, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I completely hijacked the, the call here, man. I'm going a little long winded tonight. We're going oh, overtime because I got I got the burger entry going. for uh, for moonshine coming in tonight. Everyone's sitting there eating all this food. I'm starving myself. Um, Charlie looks like he's had a couple oh, burgers. Damn, man. I missed a good Jack O'Donnell, Al Bundy's four touchdowns in one game for Polkai in the Chicago City Championship. That's a big one too. Against spare tire. Against spare tire. Very nice. And spare tire. That's pretty good too. Thank you. Um, and now I just want to kind of keep going with the movie one. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, you're forgetting you're forgetting Paul Crew. Oh jeez. Yeah, I like to forget Paul Crew, to be honest with you. Though. <laughs> uh. <laughs> forget about Paul Crew. Forget about this damn top ten segment. This is, this is crazy tonight, Charlie. Every uh, these questions, man. It, it's like you, you throw a couple of minutes that kind of give me that little mind screw, and it, I can't stand it because I haven't I haven't drank it enough. I've only had two <laughs> beers. You know. I gotta be I gotta be a lot I'll more inebriated. Liquor with well, no. I'll make sure I liquor you up before next week. Liquor at uh, Moonshine Philly. Liquor. I barely never been it. sicker. Exactly. Charlie, thank you again for calling in. It's Dr. Yep. Catfish Charlie. Make sure you follow him at twi- on problem, Twitter fellas. at Dr. Hey, Catfish Charlie. Appreciate you. See you, Charlie. See you, pal. That was all over the place tonight. That was all over the place tonight, man. Um, but it is funny with the sports ones. It is yes. funny with the sports ones. Yeah, but I got, I, got a, I got a guy sitting here tonight who uh, I've been waiting for. For a long time to get over here. I'm trying to find a damn song because I get it for him all the time. He deserves it. He's got his own music. All right? I'm going to bring him up to the microphone now. Because it's been a while since he's been here. But he's a, he's a, he's a Funkin' Fantasy favorite. Taste me how to duck. Taste me, taste me how to duck. Doug McGregor. Taste me how to duck. Taste me, taste me how to duck. Everybody love me. Everybody love Doug. Everybody love me. You ain't messing with my Doug. Taste me how to duck. Taste me, taste me how to duck. Taste me how to duck. Taste me, taste me. Dougie's a lifer, man. He's been here since the beginning, dude. He 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 took on the Luigi vs. the Listeners Fantasy Showdown like no one. He's one of the only three people on the planet who's defeated. Defeated me. In the Luigi versus Listener Showdown. Is Doug a trainee and who else? Luigi's training, my own training. Okay. Yeah. I went down on a training. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, and, and Donna. Oh, that's right. Donna beat me. That's right. On popular vote on Twitter. I got snapped. I, I still Donna believe I. Donna beat you? No, actually, I only lost twice. Donna didn't beat me. I smoked her. Yeah. Yeah, she got pummeled. So, anyway, so Doug. Uh, you got the top. I got Jose from Norristown. He's, he's holding. Jose, I'm going to get to you in a minute, buddy, so just hang tight. Um, I gave you the top 10 of my list, and we just took off the 1988 Dodgers uh, World Series Game 1, Kirk Gibson's home run, um, and we replaced it with Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers. I, I feel that's fair. I think it's a good. It's a pretty memorable moment in sports. A lot of people remember where that was. So... You've heard the top ten list here, what I have. Now, do you have anything on there that you, that you feel should be on there that's not? And, should, and something I have on there that should be taken off? I do have one. All right. However, I was going to replace the Kirk Gibson one. But since we replaced But we might Jackie find Robinson. room somewhere else if it's strong enough. So what do you think? Okay. I would say the Immaculate Reception with Franco oh, Harris. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. we got to stop the press. Stop ah, it. The- All right, we'll stop the press. We, got, we, got the, uh, we have the official... Moonshine Philly entry. The burger that's going to be entered. All 
into Burger Brawl 2018. Now, luckily, because I don't have any literature on this burger, I know what's in this burger because I did my homework. I'm going to cut this thing open so we can show the people. Hold on a second. You always do a good job with the uh, moonshine menu, man. I'm good with the moonshine menu, You really man. are. I sampled the whole thing, dude. Look at this, dude. Cool. Look at that, dude. Look at that. That's a burger. Look at that. Looks well done. Look at that. But that, you know what that is right there? So what we have here is we have a 50-50 blend. Beef and chorizo. So we got a little spice in there, okay? Nice. You got a tomato jam. They went tomato jam. Then they did this, um, this Mexican cheese, which melts like mozzarella, but tastes more like a, um, like a pepper jack cheese. Really? Yes, it's phenomenal. They got the grilled, the grilled green pepper on there. Can I start eating while you're you talking? Can, in a second. <laughs> in a second. And hold on, Doug. I got to cut this in a little bit. I got I to give a piece. Tony, Tony Bruno, you got to try some of this too, buddy. I gotta cut you. Gotta cut, cut, cut you a little quadrant. I've eaten burgers every day for the last four days. Yeah, but you ain't had a burger like this, bro. I know that. Come on, man. So we'll send that over for you too. I gotta cut this in fours. Yeah, I'll take a little quarter. Oh yeah, you got a quarter. Everybody's gonna get a piece of this. In fact, Dougie McGregor's gonna get a piece of this too because he's up here, and I'm cutting in his airtime. Here, Tone, come over and grab, grab, grab a bite of this, man. Oh, just a taste, just for a second, just to see how it feels. There you go, bro. There you go, man. Look at that, man. So we're all gonna try this now. This is the chorizo. Doug, grab a bite. This is chorizo and beef. This is the entry for, uh, for Moonshine in the Burger Bowl 2018. Mm -hmm. That's a tasty burger. This is so good. That's solid. It's a solid burger. Mm. Now, see now I get the kick. That's where the, that's where the kick comes in at the end, on the chorizo at the back end of that. You taste that? Burns all the way down to your loins, doesn't it? Like it's good. That, no, it's so good. I know it's not polite to eat on air, but I don't really care. That's not on the menu, though, is it? No, this is not on the menu, but it will be featured it, on the menu for a week. It better be. After Moonshine takes down the burger bra on Sunday. That might, that might, Isn't that good? That might replace mozzarella sticks. How good is that, man? It's phenomenal. Doug, what do you think? Pretty good, tasty burger. I may replace this with the calamari. With the, you can't replace the calamari. The calamari yeah. is for the table, but you can have this in addition to the calamari. And you I put a little tots that. on the side too. See that? And yeah, nice. All right, so Doug. So what did you think? That's right. Paul Ferrer checks in chorizo. Yeah, chorizo and beef. It's a it's a mix. It's a combination. See, a lot of people they do the mix of the meats, but they go too heavy with one and not the other. You got to get the proper balance. You get the beef and the chorizo. You taste them both. It's in the mix. So go ahead, Doug. Okay, so we're going back to top 10. Or top 10. Okay. Um, I would put on there the Immaculate Reception from Franco Harris. Okay, so the Immaculate Reception, which we don't even know if he caught the damn thing or not. Probably wouldn't be. It's Eric Owen shaking his head saying he caught it. It wouldn't stand up. He forever. caught it. Just. Joke. All right, Joe Quillen says there's a, there's a picture of uh, there's a statue of Franco Harris in the in the Pittsburgh International Sta uh, Airport of him catching the ball. I don't know. Franco caught it, but Dez didn't, as Tony Bruno says. All right. Yeah. So the immaculate reception is it going to knock off Bobby Thompson's home run? No. No. Does it knock off Secretariat? No. Does it knock off Christian Leitner hitting the buzzer beater against Kentucky? No. It's a pretty memorable yes. shot. Yes. No, at 4th and 26. 
There's a knockoff. Babe, does it knock off Hank Aaron beating Babe Ruth? I can't I can take that one off. Does it knock off the United States beating the Soviet Union? Absolutely not. Does it knock off Bill Mazeroski's Game 7 home run winner in World Series? That might be the one. The only Game 7 home run walk-off in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah. The Immaculate... Okay. Does it knock off Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points? He didn't pay no. You. Does it no. knock off Lou Gehrig's luckiest man in the world speech? Yes. I'd be more that, willing that to knock that off. Could. That one could. All right. I'll, I'll go with you on that. I will take the immaculate reception and knock off Lou Gehrig's speech. I would leave. And I, I hate Leitner and I hate Duke. And I know you're a fanboy of them. But I would leave, uh, I would leave that on there before I take Gehrig off. Okay. Well, that's what I think. And I, all right, I appreciate it. Because, again, we, now again this was, we, we found, we found a, um, uh, a new entry to the list. And we, we, knock, we knock off Lou Gehrig's immortal speech of the, you know, the, the luckiest. Today, 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 today. You know, that whole thing. I know, I know, and Andrew's saying we should knock it off. I don't, but it, he makes a good point. The but Franco it, Harris catch is kind of memorable. People do. It's, but it was a speech. I know, it was a speech. Yeah. That's the whole thing. But for me, it was memorable, and a lot of other people was too. And we can argue about that later. Um, now I need your four home, your Mount Rushmore of the four most memorable moments you have here in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Yes. Sports. Okay. I don't want to hear about your first hand job. Uh, whatever. All right. My first one's going to be 1980. <laughs> Tom McGraw. Okay. I was a kid then, so... Yeah, Speaking of hand jobs, jobs going right to Tom McGraw. <laughs> Jesus. It couldn't have set that up any better. Nicely done, Doug. That right. was fantastic. All right. <laughs> Andrew, you're going to get your chance to talk. You got a lot of stuff going on. Now, I want you to come up. I want you next. I want you next. You're going to come up next? Yes, you have to. You got about nine Pinot Grigio thing. I need you now. I need you. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. My next one's going to be Super Bowl 52. As an Eagles fan, yeah, you waited for this moment. Okay. So I had to put that on. But what was your most memorable moment in the game? Don't just give me the Super Bowl championship. I'm 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 putting the last play of the game. Tom Brady. Okay, Okay, so the knockdown. Okay, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Flyers win the Stanley Cup in 74. What was the the play? Just the end. Just the end. People don't understand this exercise very well. I just got one. You just got one? What do you got, Joe? <laughs> Najee Good got burnt. <laughs> he said, Najee, you're not that good. I'm going to go text him. That was the best. Yeah, that was the best. That was the best. <laughs> but with that one, I, I had did to... too right afterwards. <laughs> Speaking of that Flyers one, I had to replace, use that one to replace the other one I had there, which is even in Philadelphia. That was Burley's perfect game because I was there. Mark Burley's perfect game. Yes. Okay. Mark Burley's perfect game for the White Sox. Um, again, this is personal. No, for listen. Me it's only. No, it's, listen. It's it's. It was a dominating game. Now, didn't he have it? Who was the? Was it Jackson who caught that that ball in center field? Dwayne Wise. Dwayne Wise. In every perfect game, there is one play that someone's got makes an amazing play. Now that that catch may be one of the greatest catches in Major League Baseball history. I'm I mean, talking over to the that. shoulder, completely laid out. I, that, that was a great catch. That's a good one, man. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a nice moment. Not, not a lot of people remember that, but that's a pretty good moment. You don't remember that at all, Joe? I blocked that one out, man. I love the White Sox, man. I don't like my I had 500 brother. on them in uh, 05 to win the World Series at 12 to 1, brother. <laughs> Six like, grand, cha-ching, baby. I like the hurt. I always liked him. Like the big hurt? And Bo Jackson returned. The White Sox hit a home. Yeah. Not another guy, man. I lost He's had one. some memorable. I mean, Bo Jackson scale on the wall, you know, running around the wall. The All Star home. That's run. a pretty yeah. memorable one right the there. All Star home runs. All Star home runs a memorable one. moment. Uh, running over. Uh, 
throwing Bosworth. out. Bosworth. Running over yeah. Bosworth again. No, dude, you can do 10 right there. Throwing out Harold Reynolds. That was oh. freaking hose. The, uh, I, I don't think there may have been a better arm. In ba- and that's the Clemente. I don't think there might have been a better arm than Bo Jackson. Vlad. Vlad? Vlad had a cannon, dude. You, is it better than Bo Jackson's arm? I don't think so. Ichiro's had a good one too. Raul Mondesi. He's got a, so Ichiro's is, yeah. But do they have a bet? Do they have a better arm than Bo Jackson or Clemente? That's what I'm saying. Clemente, Clemente number one, and then everybody else kind of falls in suit. But I think just the arm. Yeah. Raul Mondesi probably had the faster release out of all of them, but he had a freaking hose, yeah. man. He could let it fly. I don't yeah. know, man. My buddy Kaz growing up had a rifle, too. Yeah. <laughs> you you said seen Dave Parker in the 79 All-Star game. It was all cooked up. He don't count. Did it twice. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, Doug, I appreciate giving us a little bit of a history lesson. You got a chance to get a piece of a burger, man. I did. You did a good job, babe. Grab a tot on the way out, man. Doug McGregor, right. everybody. <laughs> and now I'm going to go to a guy who is the... the, uh, the the quintessential Mount Rushmore man. <laughs> All right, when you think Mount Rushmore of, of callers. National callers. National callers. Yeah. You think of none other than Jose from Norristown. What up, what up Jose? What up, Luigi's? What up, Luciano's? What up, Bruno's? What up, Andrea's? What up? What up, Hawks? And what up, Donna's? And what up, Jack's? And Roof's? <laughs> Jackson and Quills and Quills. Quills. Don't forget Dougie McGregor. Say what up, Dougies. What up, Dougie McGregor's and what up, Miller Light? What up? All right, Jose. Nothing much, yo. So what's? Let's get down to the business. Now you got. It says up here you got the you got I'm the Mount, you got your personal Mount Rushmore. You got some top ten. Now you heard the list. Now what do you think as far as again when it comes down to sports knowledge? I'm hard-pressed to find someone better than Jose, all right? So, Jose, what do you think, what do you have got as far as your most memorable sports moments in history? Now, you heard my list. Do you agree with it, or do you think I should take something off or put something else on? I'm totally on board with it. Wow. That's high praise right there. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's high praise, because Jose would normally, he'll shoot you straight. If he thinks something else shouldn't be on there, he'll let me know, and he'll put it on there. But, Jose, what about you? what's, What's one moment that's now in that list that sticks out to you? Uh, one moment. Um, let me see. Uh, Reggie Jackson, seventy-seven World Series. I, I, against the see, Dodgers, right, I can count Jose. Now, that's a that's a memorable moment right there. But Joe would have gone with that one anyway last week. But here's one. You want to know that I? You want to know? Six, you want to know when I was going to put on there? Speaking of Game Six and home runs, you know what I was going to put on there? Joe, Joe Carter going yeah. do, going yard on Mitch Williams. Now again, I'm getting the stink eye over here from a lot of people, but it's a memorable moment in sports history. I'm it really getting, is. Unfortunately. I'm giving Reggie the edge, yo. I give Reggie the edge too, Matt. That's yeah. a, that's a good one, Jose. Now, I'm I'm trying to think he's of a, it. He's a Pennsylvania guy anyway. But now, does, I don't think it belongs on the list on on anything else, though. I don't think it belongs over any of these. Now, I was thinking maybe Walt Frazier coming in for the Knicks, like you know, coming in from the tunnel and the whole knot. I mean, Willis Free. I'm sorry, that's not Willis Walt Frazier. Not Walt Frazier. I don't know why I was thinking Walt Frazier. Uh, 1970 but, finals at the Garden. Thank you for the history Here check. Here comes Willis coming out of the tunnel, yo. Exactly. I, I totally, like I said, I, I misspoke and said Walt Frazier. I don't know why. But, but, um, but, Willis, but Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel again, that's another memorable moment. Um, he, hit, he hit the first two shots to start game seven, yo. Yes, he did, brother. How about Rudy Tomjanovich getting punched in the face? Yeah, that's a good one. 
What up, Kermit Washington? How about Ron Artest and the mouse in the palace? How about that one? PJ Carlissimo getting strangled by Sprewell. It's a good one, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Mal How about Cal Perry getting strangled by Don Chaney? I mean, by Dick Chaney. Van, Van Gundy. John Chaney. Van Gundy on Larry Johnson's or uh, Lonzo's ankle. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. That was pretty good, too. That was game we could, four we could do, we could do when ten. that happened. So just 10 fights right there. Problem. Top 10 fights. So Jose gives me the, uh, the, the uh, he, he agrees with my top 10, which I appreciate right there, because um, we don't have to go through the whole thing. But Jose, now you've got your own personal, I need your Mount Rushmore of local Philadelphia sports moments. Cool. My Mount Rushmore, I, I got four of them. Um, number four. The Sixers going to the NBA Finals, beating the Celtics at Boston Garden Game 7. Okay. That's quality. It's a phenomenal moment right now. 1982s, yo. Number three, um, the Phillies going to the World Series by beating the Dodgers in five games. But what was your most memorable moment from this? What was your most memorable moment, Jose? Not just them going to the World Series or, or, or teams winning championships. I'm talking about just a memorable moment in that. Like, like I said, like my memorable moment was in 08 was Matt Stairs' home run in, in, the, in, a, uh, in the NLCS against, uh, when Brad Lidge, against Broxton. When Lidge um, stuck out Hinsky. Yeah. With that slider piece, yo. Okay. That was my memorable moment. Number That's two? Number one on my list. Number two? Number two, um... AI scoring 48 points in game one versus the Lakers. See, now in the enough, 01 final. a lot of people would have said the AI step over, the step over Tyron Lue. Yep. But I don't – see, again, for me, that wasn't – I actually – my most memorable moment of that entire series was Vince Carter at the baseline in the corner shooting at three and George Lynch mm. running over with his hands up and all I kept saying is, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. And because he was all over him. Yeah. It was blanket defense. The same type of defense that he was playing mm-hmm. on Chris Webber <laughs> that he was playing he was the nope. guy when, when Weber called the timeout right. George Lynch was the guy who was draped all over him playing defense so it kind of reminded me of that all, all together but I remember I remember um, Iverson and Vince Carter put on an absolute show that entire series yeah, people was- forget how great Vince Carter was back in the day man yeah. And uh, them two going at it, but I remember, I still remember Vince Carter with the ball, left side of the court, if you're going left to right, left side, in the corner, and George Lynch running over, all over him, and just screaming, don't foul. That was my number one moment from, that whole, from the whole series. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember Shaq giving my, um... And, number, and, you're, and you're number one, Jose. You're number one. You're number one most memorable well, Number one. Memorable moment, and it sticks with me other than 08, it's 80. Uh, Tugger is making Willie Wilson swing in the air, and we get our first World Series championship in forever. Okay. I, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to disagree with that. I, I, it really is. I mean, but, again, these are all personal moments, so there's really, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, you know, again, I, I was born in 81, so I didn't suffer before that so much, you know. Uh, we lost for, to, we, they, the next year. We lost to the Expos in five games, yo. I know, but the thing is, is that for the people that did suffer for so long, when that moment finally happened, I mean, the, it's the mm-hmm. same thing as the, the for the people in '08, for my generation, the guys who did, who missed '80. Um, when they finally won it in '08, it was just this, it was the same thing. When Brad Liz dropped to his knees, it's probably the same feeling as people felt when Tug McGraw dropped them in the air with his hands up and with his hands up. So those are pretty good. I, I know. Like, I know who was the first. 
I know who was the first to hug him, yo. Mike Schmidt, yo. There you go. Probably owed him money, that's why. Mm-hmm. So they had it scripted. So Jose, so now we had we had so we had some action happen the past couple days. Now we had the we had the, the the Cavs beat the Celtics, the Warriors beat the Rockets without Chris Paul. A very a very animated yeah. Chris Paul on the sidelines, by the way, in complete warm up gear. He wasn't in street clothes, he was in warm up gear. And uh, he was basically shaking his head and, and just screaming at the world every time that the Rockets missed another three. And they missed 37 of them, by the way, because they <laughs> shot 7 of 44. What was that? Oh, by the way, can 27 we get in a row. one of those, Joe? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I can't really kill James Harden. Because, first of all, he misses, he's missing Chris Paul, number one. Number two, because then he's, he's basically having to go against the, the Golden State Warriors all by himself. Can't do that. He, he lost to no, the, arguably the greatest team in the history of the NBA. Now, a lot of people think it was that 67, 68 Sixers team, which was the, the greatest team in the history of the NBA. That one Bulls team, man. Didn't they lose like 11 games? It doesn't matter. It, yeah, but that's, it's still they weren't the greatest team. You know, that Sixers team was, the great, it was voted the greatest team in NBA history. When they redo this in the next couple of years... This Warriors team is going to be the greatest team in NBA history. But they weren't even number one seed, were they? Houston this year? Good. Yeah, it wasn't. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about in the past four years. Harden couldn't get past the Warriors. Oh, okay. This team, this this Warriors team, is just unstoppable. Okay, and I can't blame him for losing to the best team. I, I can't put it all on him because he did have a good game. Like, again, okay. scores 34 points, a uh, handful of rebounds, handful of assists, and he's missing his, his second-best uh-huh. player with Chris Paul. The rest of his team did no favors for him again. And the most amazing thing that I ever saw, Trevor Ariza going 0 for 21. 0 for 21. He shot 0, from t- 0 for 12 from, from – um, from, from, uh, from, 0 for 21. From 0 for 21, Jose. He shot 0 for 12 from two-point range, from field goal range. He shot 0 for 9 from three-point range and made – Zero out of zero free throws, okay? And he played 42 flipping minutes, 42 minutes in the most unproductive game in the history of NBA basketball. Seriously, how can he be on a court? You know what, I'm good, you know, you know what I would do if I was Mike D'Antoni, if I was coaching the Rockets? What would you do, Jose? Yo, Trevor, come here. Yo, come in for him, yo. You ride the time, yo. You get one of those. Yeah, I mean, at some, at some, I mean, they tried a little bit. I mean, you saw them. They put Joe Johnson in, uh, who they acquired from Utah late in the old season. Old Joe Johnson. Yeah, old Joe Johnson. Uh, Joe Johnson has, has signed three one hundred million dollar contracts in the NBA. You know who the other one is three. You know who the other one is no. Richard no. Lewis. No. Let that sink in. It's like Sam in, the, in the history of the NBA, in the history of the NBA, the two guys who signed the most hundred million dollar contracts in the NBA are Rashad freaking Lewis, Lewis and Joe Johnson. <laughs> Sam Bradford again. How sad is that, Rashad man? Lewis, when I think of Rashad Lewis, I think Sonics, yo. I'm thinking Orlando Magic's. Yeah, I know. But um, so anyway, uh, cool. again. You know, they, they they tried to bring in Gerald Green. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker had a good game for him. He had a D-double-doubled. But, listen, do you really think Joe Johnson at 109 years old and Gerald Green, who, listen, he played well during the season while they were injury-riddled and they picked him up on the scrap heap but he was hitting a bunch of threes for him. But do you really think they were going to be enough to contend? Do you really do? I, I mean, they couldn't. You, you're, you're talking about trying to beat Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. No, it's not enough, man. Durant. And Durant. I mean, Durant, the, 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 the linchpin did the whole thing. So, no, I, I can't put the blame on Harden. I don't blame him for losing. So, I, I really can't. 
endorsed the whole bump, bump, we bumped on him. Uh, I hate to say don't it. Give man. it to Boston. He needed help. No, I don't give it to Boston. I don't give it to Boston because again, oh, nah. at some point, the clock's got to strike twelve on Cinderella, man. Yeah. You know the coach is going to turn into a pumpkin. Boston took twelve. Yeah. Listen, they weren't going to shoot the way they did from three point range the entire season. You know, at some point. Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, we're going to be Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier right now. I mean, give you know, tip the cap to Jason Tatum, who played lights out. He looks like every bit of the, the player we should have taken at number one in Philadelphia. Kid looks like he's going to be a really good player for years uh-huh. to come. He, he, didn't just, uh, uh-huh. he didn't just take shots. He didn't just go to bed. He attacked. He attacked the Cleveland Cavaliers defense. And I, I feel that uh, Cleveland, again, without Kevin Love, without the service of Kevin Love, I think they just amped the defense up a little bit. The poor shooting night from Boston helps, and then you just got to tip your cap to, to LeBron James, and the King went out and got himself a win. That's just basically what happened. I mean, LeBron James just went out and got Cleveland to the finals. He took it upon himself, and that's what great players do, man. That's what great players do. And he put, he put that whole team on his back uh, for almost the entirety of the playoffs until uh, game five of the Toronto series, and Kevin Love decided to show up. But, no, I can't give it to – I don't think I can give it to Boston, Jose. I, I think Cleveland – I think LeBron – went in there and just did what LeBron was supposed to do. I think for all those people who always said, you know, he shrinks in the big moments, he's not the clutch player, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Can't say that anymore. You can't say that anymore because I don't know if people were watching LeBron that series. He wanted every single bit of it, man. He laid low in the first half, man. He just took over the second half. He geared it up. He just geared it up and he did what he had to do. So I I don't think I can give it to Boston either. I mean, again, Boston undefeated at home during the entire playoff stretch. They played fantastic basketball at home. It's a nice story, but listen, man. Stevens is going to give everybody fits, man. Yeah, Brad Stevens is, is, is going to be a, a, an amazing head coach yep. in the NBA for years to come. Years to come. Um, and if there was, a, like I said, when people were asking for trade deadline, what would you do if you're the Sixers? I'm like, I'm calling bosses. Is there any chance I can get Brad Stevens on my team? Because yeah. that's who I'm making the trade for. You don't see coaches traded too often, but I would trade for Brad Stevens you, if I could. You were talking about Tatum? Yeah, I want Brad Stevens. But, uh,. You know they got Fultz videos out last night. Yeah, yeah. So, so Markel Fultz turns he's twenty. The ball. Yeah, so Markel Fultz turns twenty years old today. That's like the big hoop I going on, and he's dunking the basketball. Markel, we all know you can dunk a basketball. We all know you can get to the rim. You want to surprise me? You want to give me a birthday present? Let me see you make a free throw. He was going right? to the rim with nobody hit, on the court. Hit a three. <laughs> hit a three. All right. He says, "Blessed to see twenty. We'll be blessed to see twenty minutes out of you next year. I'll be blessed to see you play twenty games." That'd be nice. Seriously, that's yeah. what I'll be blessed to see. Yeah. Whatever it is, kid, you're 20 years old. Now there's no more, well, he's only, tw- he's only 20. Because so's Tatum. Can, and so's Donovan Mitchell, all right? Tatum, when you're 20 years old and you're the number one pick in the, in the NBA, when you're 19 years old and you're number one pick in the NBA, you need to at least go out there and be able to play. You don't get to take a number one when you're able to play. And here's another, here's, here's, a, here's a fun one for you. And this is why it's important for folks to work out. Because I got some funny thing going to, to and I, I, know, I know it's a little early for the NBA uh, free agency thing. I think Boston's going to pull off a blockbuster, Jose. You ready for this? Mm. I think that Boston yep. and Danny Ainge are going to make a move to pry Car Anthony Towns out of Minnesota and bring him to Boston. Really? Yep. So I so think about I think that, Phil. Think I, about that. I got a funny feeling it may happen. So think about that, Phil. Because he, he, Al Horford, because he wants out. Al Horford leaves the money. The, the money helps match right there, right? They could take it if, if they want to take Kyrie and trade him. They could. They, they could. They don't really. Need they could. They could stay with. They could stay. With, they could stay. They could stay with. They could stay with Terry Rozier. So now think about this. Your rotation, and now they have to give up a lot for you know picks and everything else like that. But the rotation could potentially be Gordon Hayward, Carl Anthony Towns, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Jason Tatum. 
That's if they have to trade Kyrie. Now, if they don't have to trade Kyrie, take Terry Rozier out of the lineup, and it's Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns. Think about that, and okay? Is still the coach. And Brad Stevens is still the coach because, remember, they have to, the Celtics are also thinking about the fact they've got to deal with Joel Embiid for the next couple years. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns can help deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. And that's not to mention anything else they do in free agency. So – just you heard it here first. Just think about that. Let that set in. We can go back to the tape and check that later on. March tw- May 29, 2018, Luigi Curto calls Carl Anthony Towns at the Boston Celtics, and it's going to be a problem if that happens. But other than that, Jose, uh, so Golden State, Cleveland, what do you think, brother? You think the 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 uh, the, the dynasty continues to grow with with uh, with Golden State, or does LeBron James continue to? Etch ever closer to all those haters who still take Michael Jordan over LeBron James and get his fourth title, and you know basically this would be his greatest accomplishment beating this team with with the uh, you know the supporting cast he has. Uh, as much as, as now we're in part four of the trilogy of the quadrilogy, quadrilogy in the NBA annals of history. Um. It looks like we. I'm going to go Warriors and six. Warriors and six. All right. I, I think it's going to be over in five. Super team repeats. Super team repeats. Who do you got for uh, the NHL? Yep. What do you think about the NHL, Jose? Does the does the state does the uh, the cup go back to Vegas and stay in Vegas? Because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think as every basic white bitch will I ever think tell you. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but I don't see the cup going there. I'm oh, really? Ov in six games, yo. Ov in six, baby. God, I hope not. Ov in six. I like. Well, I, t- I took Washington to win the t- the, t- the, uh, the Stanley Cup. But what the hell do I know? I know nothing about hockey, so it doesn't matter to me. But Jose, I gotta let you <laughs> yes, rock and roll, I man. I, I do. I know you do. You know everything there can is to know about another, hockey. Go ahead. What do you else you got? Can I give you another national moment other floor, than Reggie? Floor's yours, buddy. Um, let's see. Uh, I thought you already had it. Doc Gooden throwing his Doc Gooden throw his no hitter against the Mariners. On the day his dad's in the hospital in Tampa. Uh, when he was with the Yankees. That's a memorable moment. Here's one for a fringe one. How about Randy Johnson blowing up a pigeon? <laughs> Spring training. <laughs> Spring training moment, yo. <laughs> what was that, Tony? What up, bird? Oh, it was a seagull. He exploded a seagull with the fastball. It was a Dave Winfield threw a ball and he hit the... Uh, he the funny thing is that was like, that was like the, the most accurate pitch he threw all spring, too, because Randy Johnson was all over the damn place. Yeah, he was. So, but all right, Jose, I got to let you rock oh, and roll. I'll give you a, I'll give you No, go ahead, go ahead. Give me one more. I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, the fight between Third and Doc at the Garden in 1984, yo. That was a good one. That's a local moment. It's a local moment for you? Okay. All right, Jose, well, I got Andrew. Yeah. I, got, I got Andrew step up to the mic, so I got, I got to give her a due. But thanks for calling in, brother. We love you, Jose. What up, Andrea? All right, Jose. <laughs> Thank you. The great Jose, everybody. See you, Jose. Now the mic is on, and you have to talk. You have to physically talk into it, though. I only have my top four Phillies moments. Phillies baseball moments or Philadelphia? Philly? Only Philly. So we're biased to baseball. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. I love her. All right, let's go. Give me. What do you got? Okay, Eric Bruntlett, triple play against the Mets on a Sunday afternoon. That's. That's one of them. He's in the Hall of Fame. Do we all remember Eric Brunton's triple play against the Mets? Unassisted triple play. All right. Who was the batter? All right, she doesn't care. All right, this is going well. Jeff Francoeur. Jeff Francoeur. Frenchie. 
number, number two. two. Chooches, two o'clock in the morning. Booty walk call. Off oh. In the <laughs> World Series. Game five. Game three. Game five three. is how many glasses of Pinot right, Grigio you have. I know I had like <laughs> 10 glasses of Pinot Grigio, but forget that. Okay. Okay. That's game another three. <laughs> Chooches. Okay. Uh, Chooches, 2 a.m. home run. 2 a.m. home okay. run. Number th- it was still a freaking walk-off. Uh, 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 Brett Myers, home run against CC Fat Sebastian, who's pitching right now. Okay. And who else? What was my last one? Meanwhile, Brett, Brett Myers' walk or Joe Blanton's? No, Brett Myers' home run against CC Sebastian. And what was the last one? How do you not? You came up, you sat down with confidence. You had everything to say, and now you got nothing. She's thinking right now. She's thinking. Andrea's thinking. She's, she's letting it marinate right now. Give you one minute. Is that a pinch hit? I'll give you to the end of this song. So now, I'm doing fine. That's good. So Joe, I want to. So now I want to ask you, Joe. Now you've been you've been monitoring you've been monitoring uh, social media. You've been monitoring Twitter. Now, has there been any questions that have come on Twitter? People hashtagging Funkin' Fantasy that are asking. And a lot of people again, they listen to, they listen to Block Talk. Sometimes Block Talk craps out, so we lose a lot of listeners. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna post this up there later on, and people will be able to uh, to comment and interact with the show too. And I'll be on later on to uh, <clears throat> to combat those people. Basically, go. have you got an answer yet? What? Sorry, too much pain. It had to be something really good. That's it? Mitch, Mitch. It was all Philly stuff. That's it? It was, that that was recent stuff. I'm good. That's I'm it? Sorry, you I got... can't remember the least one. I gave you three. It was three good enough? <laughs> was three good enough? How about, how Andrea, about, how about uh, Andrea, trying to make a pitching change, but Andrea, I hate to do it. <laughs> um, I almost hit her with this one, dude. I almost did the it. The new so. manager trying to make a pitching change <laughs> with nobody warmed up. That was my top one. Good night. Oh, why do you? Andrea, everybody. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry, that was... <laughs> I wish I still had the... Uh, I wish I still had my, my Billy Madison. Everyone is still now dumber for listening to what uh, you just said. You lose that one? God bless her heart, though, man. God bless her heart. <sighs> it's been a fun night, Joe. We got to start winding this thing down. We got, it's, it's, it's 8.42. We're already almost two hours in. I want to start sampling some more of this food that's going on over here, so... Don't forget, we got the, the Burger Brawl is, is Burger Brawl 2018 is this Sunday at Xfinity Live. Go to burgerbrawl.com, check out all the details, and uh, make sure you're coming in there. You're gonna vote for Moonshine's Burger. Joe, just how good was this burger, Joe? Phenomenal. It was good. Absolutely. It was really, really good. I'm interested to see what else is going on, but but it's also they're doing a burger and a cocktail. Now, last year, Rich, the proprietor here at Moonshine, he won the mixology competition right. on the fly. He didn't even plan it. He just ended up winning the damn thing. But Tony Bruno was there live for that. He doesn't remember it, but he was there live. All right, that's the most important thing, all right? So, 
Joe, I want to thank you again for stepping in and check and uh, doing a little pinch hit in action for me. I know it was short notice, and you did a great job, and I appreciate Thanks. that. All right? You've been better, but yeah. it wasn't too bad. I ain't going to lie. It wasn't too bad. No, I appreciate it, man. I love you. I want to thank Dr. Cap. Oh, wait. Start sending him cash straight. But you know what? Save it for next week. Right. Save it for next week. Because we went a little long. I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't mean to give you a due. I, I, I don't know if you told me you had a good one or not. It was all right. It was all right. But it's always good when Joe's here anyway because it gives different opinions. That, that's, 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 that's true, too. Yeah, so that's good. See that? You're right. You're right and I'm wrong. Congratulations. I appreciate that. But Joe only, Rufino. only took me an hour and 40 minutes. Right. At Ruin Tomorrow on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. Or today. Make sure, yeah, or Ruin Today. I, I always forget <laughs> it. Make sure you're following myself, at LuigiCurdo22, the show, at Funk and Fantasy. Okay, we're here live every single Tuesday night. Uh, we're at Moonshine Philly. I encourage everyone to come down here, 1825 East Monumental Avenue. Make sure you're trying the food. The people here are fantastic. The atmosphere, the ambiance of it all. Uh, we'll be back here every single Tuesday, every single Tuesday night for the foreseeable future until fantasy football season starts, and then I decide to go on another night. Other than that, I'm Luigi Curto. I urge you always to turn it up, never turn it down. Music and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.